Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So, it's come to this. Haha, <laughs> sure has. It has. It has come to this. Uh, we've kind of been in an anthology kind of mood lately. I've, I think that? so. There's been an uptick in anthology-based episodes. I would agree with that. I'm Charlie, by the I'm way. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. Another in our ongoing series of anthology films. I think they're kind of those that it's they're underrated, except that they're being very highly rated lately. Like if people are coming around on yeah. the anthology. The, the the anthology resurgence is among us. The it, fans are now coming out because exactly. we had uh, a long stretch where they got phased out. And then, you know, the fans of those movies get old enough to then make the movies. And then so now we're getting anthology resurgence, mostly as TV shows, TV shows uh, and low budget stuff. You yes. know, it's an easy way for like six guys to each kind of make a short low budget <laughs> right. movie and just jam it all together. It together. In one. It's smart. Yeah. And there was a day not long ago within <laughs> our lifetimes where anthology films were these gorgeous theatrical releases with actual genuine stars doing off-character roles. Big names. Yeah. That was kind of the brilliance of a lot of these. Uh, we talked about probably our favorite creep show mm-hmm. several episodes ago where you get these great horror performances from not horror types like Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson. Not a lot of horror stuff on their cues. And you you get Stephen King stories, too. Yes. On the big screen. And so it's these cool, off-type actors doing cool Stephen King stories. And Cat's Eye, we've talked about this, kind of feels like the real sequel to Creepshow. Absolutely. Cat's Eye from 1985. It's a three-part anthology written by Stephen King. Mm -hmm. And to me, it feels very much more in line with Creepshow than... Creepshow 2 does. I agree. In a yeah. lot of ways. It fe- the spirit feels way closer because it has that sense of fun throughout, but also genuine horror that yeah. Creepshow had. Scary stuff too. And it isn't so like bleak. Let me tell you, I will say this gives me another chance to talk about Creepshow 2. Okay. I am still like, I've been haunted lately by that lake uh, episode mm. in Creepshow 2 with the puddle. The raft. The raft. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was that really shook me when I read that book. And, man, I've had a couple of the raft nightmares oh, since no. our episode talking about it. That's too bad. When when we did the rewatch of it, oh, for some reason, that second time really like, oh, God, it is dark. It's dark. That is a dark, like, dread horror story. Just no good ending and just, oh. But no fun either. It's no fun, but it it is it has shaken me. Yeah, I, I am get cursed that. by that. Now. I get that. Well, so this, but <laughs> nothing in Cat's Eye is going to give me that kind of visceral, bleak despair reaction. But it gives me genuine horror in a fun environment reaction. Absolutely, and that's what Creepshow did. Yeah, Cat's Eye to me is a great mix of sinister, dark, totally unbelievable plots. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the fun camp, a little camp. I mean, a lot of camp at the end. A little campiness throughout. It got, uh, con- yeah, it got continually more and campy. really good, really good suspense. The first two stories, especially, very suspenseful, oh, really yeah. Hitchcockian, and then the last one goes in this total like child fantasy monster uh, movie, yeah, which I actually really love with the uh, the Beekler puppet. Is that who, is that who did uh-huh, that? Uh-huh. Of course, I saw it in the uh, the credits this time. It's like, yep, makes sense. Yeah, I never the John Carl Beekler. You uh, you had not seen Cat's Eye, no. So I, you are in for you were in for a real treat. Cat's Eye was one of those movies I'd always heard about. Mm-hmm. I'd always known that it existed. Stephen King, James Woods, Drew Barrymore. I knew all the highlights, right? Not really knowing what the stories were exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, first time seeing it uh, last week. Yeah, and. Uh, I thought it was great. Oh, I love it. It's great. Yeah, I've seen it a few times. It's one that I've been trying to get our group to watch. You know, I've 
been a high vote on it on our horror days and uh, uh I think it's so good and the stories are very different mm-hmm. in a cool way like you said the progression is like uh strip one of these wry Stephen King or Hitchcock tales in the first one uh geez almost getting into Ray Bradbury or uh felt like Philip Dick Richard Matheson stuff. came to mind yeah 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 uh it's like oh to start off with that story, the James with James Woods in a great role. Yeah, there was a time when James Woods was my favorite actor. He, uh, yeah, he, you know, it sucks. It's crazy. He was one of those guys that was I totally loved him. Yeah, I loved him on The Simpsons. Oh I loved him in movies, and he could do funny, and he could do he was Casino, my, and he was he my could, ja- oh Casino you know, is my favorite Woods. He could role. do it all, and uh, Casino Lester. In Casino is my favorite. That's that's peak yeah, Woods. Peak Woods for me. But <laughs> but him him telling Jimbo on The Simpsons, "Don't jerk me around," is <laughs> one of my favorite all time. Well, the great part about his Simpsons cameo is it's like every line is great. It's like they you gotta have James Brooks had and then must have been writing just like we have to nail all of these James Woods jokes. totally because he is such a perfect voice on The Simpsons. It's like his voice fits in in that you see him in his Simpsons cartoon version of him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, he is this guy. Totally. <laughs> he's a Simpsons character. And, uh, oh, he was my favorite. He had, he's, it sucks. He, it was great. He had, he had this great kind of rubbery face, but he was also this very cynical actor. So, yeah, I mean, in, he's totally believable in this. You know, this first segment is, I think it's called Quitters, Inc. or... Uh-huh. Quitters Incorporated or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's the perfect kind of scummy. He's trying he he's been forced essentially to quit smoking. Yeah. Cigarettes. Gotta do Doesn't it. want to do it. And he gets uh roped into Quitters Incorporated, which is a very uh persuasive uh company when I love it comes how this to getting movie, you to quit cigarettes. I love how deep this movie dives in quick mm-hmm. with this story. You don't know how deep and how mean and scary it's gonna get until like 10 minutes in. Yeah. And this is a guy who wants to quit smoking and he's serious about it, but probably not as serious as the company he's going to takes it. These people are really These serious. Are serious about getting uh getting their clients to follow through on their wants. And and they don't do it through any kind of means of punishing the client. They punish the client's wife and family. It gets so scary to me so quick. And uh, cuz James Woods realizes he's just deep in shit. <laughs> like just by taking the meeting Mm-hmm. With this company to see what they can do to help him to get quit smoking, he is like wordlessly entered into a contract. Yeah, he's all he can't back out of this. He can't say no. <laughs> yeah, I don't he see him ever signing off. any papers, but he is already locked into this deal. Yeah, just by taking the meeting, in. and just by taking the meeting. <laughs> oh, it sucks. Yeah. So you talked about uh, James Woods and in, in his brilliant performance in Casino. You're looking at Alan King. I was gonna say. Also, uh, this oh, the great like oh, Scorsese used Alan King in such a cool off type role. Ooh, this role, this is a great horror role. Sinister. Alan I love King it. is downright mean, mm-hmm. and oh, this is like him. I've never seen him like this before. But you're seeing him. It's like Albert Brooks in Drive. You know, you don't think of him as the bad. <laughs> Boss, right, right. William Hurt in A History of Violence. Yeah, somehow this kind of jovial guy is able <laughs> to just be ice cold. Yeah. I mean, Al- that's what it is. He's not mean. He's just ice cold. Yeah. It's like, here's the facts. <laughs> if we catch you smoking, and we will if you do yeah. it, we're going to basically shock your wife in a shock room. Oh, man. And they have the cat. Here's where we get our first cat. We get a lot of good cat in this. And cat. in the in the meeting, the guy is telling James Woods what's going on, and then he shows him the cat in the room. Yeah. And, man, that is a tough scene to watch. That's hard. It's intense. It's a little, sh- you know, the cat, the whole floor is electrified. The cat's jumping around as they're shocking it. I don't know how they accomplished that on camera without had, actually shocking a cat. I assume they probably had, like, air being shot up. So, I could like, see the that. the cat was getting goosed. I could see and that. And then they just added in some effects. I could see that. But yeah, but so watching he Woods, wasn't getting hurt. But it looks like that cat is like get. And then uh, Alan King even says something like, "He'll be fine. Just just a little crispy paws." Mm-hmm. You're like, "Ooh, 
God, what but a sicko. Terrifying, though. Oh, I mean, yeah. Put, you know, and then all of a sudden your imagination puts yourself or someone you care about in that room. Alan, he Very also effective. has, um, there's also like cool heavies that work for him. <laughs> like their members only jacket guy. Yeah. Who just kind of looks like a 50 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> like with a belly and a beard and like golf caps and just members only jacket. But he's like kind of a thug. Mm-hmm. He really feels like a, like a giallo kind of heavy. Mm. They're always that kind of heavy bearded exactly. windbreaker wearing man. Vaguely ethnic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're not sure. Swarthy guys <laughs> with like a lot of chest hair coming curling out of the polo shirt. Exactly. Yeah. Really great look to have as the guy just with one cheek on Alan King's desk uh-huh. while King's while King's laying out how serious the shit James Woods did. Oh. It's a cool thing to turn ugh. It could come off so much darker, and it's crazy the the playful and still very scary mood the whole story keeps. Because it's always like done in kind of a macabre way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go for outright like bleak horror. It keeps that like playful with actual genuine scares. Great scene the the later that night scene. Yeah, in the middle of the night when Woods has been told he's basically being watched twenty four seven. And yeah. if he smokes a cigarette, they'll know. And he uh, thinks he hears something in the you know closet in the middle of the night, and then it's nothing. But then he throws an umbrella into the closet, and you hear the guy like, Ugh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's you oh, get man. this great suspenseful scene of him he. Sneaking in, like hiding under his desk, right in his office, immediately needing that cigarette, because it kind of we get a couple scenes of him just like, hey, it's been six hours. Like, oh yeah, he's know, not and, doing well with the quitting. So yeah, he's hiding under a desk, about to smoke, and he hears something in the closet, and you get just this. It's so scary. Yeah, and suddenly you're like, you have no idea what you don't you don't know the depths mm-hmm. we're about to jump into, and uh, you've just heard the threats and the oh. Some of the threats Alan King made. This guy, like you said. It's like Robert Prosky in Thief. Right. The guy who played Santa. Then you see him in this evil gangster talking about how he's going to turn out his daughter. It's, you know, like, holy It's God. one of those where Alan King is saying something ridiculous that could never exist. But you believe him. Yeah. When he says they're going to watch you 24 hours, you believe he is and so, yeah, serious that about that. great scene of him... Uh, Cool score in Cat's Eye, too. Oh, A yeah. little bit uh, more circusy, a little zany than some other horror scores, but it kind of elevated the playful mood of these pieces. But him sneaking over to that closet, finding nothing after a very... It's very Halloween, just mm. this like cold look into an unmoving closet, but that sense that there's something just beyond sight. And then, yeah, that, that's the perfect joke cap, though, is him toss something into the closet that fell in a good jump scare. Yeah. The umbrella falling onto him. Right, right. The and umbrella him, kind of falls out of the closet. Yeah. yeah then yeah. him having the, the kind of private, paranoid laugh to himself, tosses the umbrella. That's when you get the... <laughs> that is, that's a great gag. I love it. And that's, that, I had been so tense for a minute up to that point. And then it's such this great release. It's a great break. Yeah, totally. And But you get that great scene where, yeah, he's, uh, what, confronted again. And he goes into that panic of like, I didn't light it. You saw. I didn't, Your guy was there. I didn't light it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I have this vision of me in the second grade begging my way out of getting sent to the principal's office. Right. It was this real, like, I had this thought <laughs> the whole time watching this scene. It just sent me back to six years old when I'd never been sent to the principal's office before. But in our second grade class, we had, like, a four clothespin system. If you're being a little rowdy, you moved up Uh-oh. to second tier. I see. One other one, you're up to third tier. And then, boom, there was, like, a big frowny face, like, <laughs> top one to put the clothespin on. And they sent your parents to an electrified room. Yeah, when you and, got to yeah exactly. <laughs> they raped your my wife. They... <laughs> They cut They're not off, messing around. They cut off my daughter's fingers. They're not messing around, They took around, my man. thumb. <laughs> they took my thumb. Uh, <laughs> and I was a I was a talker. I was a chatter in you don't class. Say. I uh, I would get up and talk to the other kids in the, the class. <laughs> Just get up from your seat. Yeah. 
Timmy, what's going on? I would get up and just go and uh, chat next to some kids. Uh, mm-hmm. It was awful. There's other longer stories about what they did to curb my chattery, <laughs> but this is merely one. Yeah. And uh, I must have been excessively chatty that day. And Mrs. Sutherland went to move the clothespin. Before she had placed it, man, I was immediately like, on my knees, like <laughs> tears were co- just like, no, don't do it. Don't send me there. Yeah. Oh, just like all, everything went out the window. No shame. Just like groveling and just like, don't do it. Like my cousin afterwards, who was in class with me, was, was just like, boy, you really, really begged your way out of that. <laughs> like, all, these are six-year-olds. Like, boy, you. We all thought less of you at that yeah. moment. <laughs> <laughs> the room uh, the room had to turn away <laughs> like six-year-old me just begging it off you know <sighs> yeah oh everybody uh, had tough time i, th- I think we've all been there we've all had that moment where, we're, <laughs> where it's it feels like life or death you know like you're begging your brother not to cry an alert mom right, that right. you uh Sure. Something, you know, just like that. Oh, I definitely have those instances of like dad walking in and me just about to slug him, <laughs> you know, just like, no, 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 please, please. I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Or like I push my little sister too far and she's she knows if she cries, then mom will hear it and I'll get in trouble. And it's this immediate just like, no, 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 don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And you like uh, say a bunch of stupid words to try and get him to laugh and right. uh, get him to not sell you out. And that is James Woods being like, I didn't light it. You saw like <laughs> You guys saw, come on, be, you got to be reasonable on this. And uh, immediately understanding after that one night, mm-hmm. they could, for all he knew, they could just send uh, one guy out the first night just to get him thinking there's more dudes. But then he starts noticing other dudes and yeah, other yeah. The paranoia joggers. And in. he's full paranoid. And I like how the movie does play with him, maybe seeing things. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's him, his brain just messed up now because he's so afraid. It reminded me of the game a lot. Oh with yeah, Michael Douglas. Where I think it was as good as he just the game. Yeah, where it's like you don't you're in something you didn't realize how deep you're going to get into this thing. Yeah, and then it's like you can't trust anything. <laughs> you can't trust anything. You know, this is way more serious than you realized. Yeah, even if you liked the idea at first. Oh, and it the the way the tension ramps and the way just the amount of tension over having over the act of lighting a cigarette. Mm-hmm. The way the movie handles addiction in that way, making it a tense moment that he's even going to have one drag on a cigarette. Powerful stuff. Such a Stephen King thing mm-hmm. to do, too. I mean, totally. that's definitely right up Stephen King's alley. Totally. Um, but yeah, it's great. The scene I don't really care for is him uh, hallucinating the giant cigarette packs walking into the party. <laughs> <laughs> Was it really as into that scene where James Woods thinks the one guy's smoking like 19 cigarettes at once? It's like, all right, all right, we get it. That was a, that was a little overdone for me. Everything, it's to, it, that's a totally like Simpsons. That was a very Simpsons moment for sure. See, he's, he's a total Simpsons character. Yeah, yeah. That is all Homer just having like a bowling pin. Yeah, exactly. Fantasy and like fluffy bed clouds and stuff. <laughs> yeah, Laramie cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, finally, though, he's stuck on the overpass. Oh, he yeah. He thinks he can sneak a cig under, you know, his, the seat. Yeah, this next man to the is like box. waiting for a LA like traffic, a hunched down, like he's so secretive. Like he just has this deep shame that yeah. he's doing this thing that he's about to do. And oh. Wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it? They really do have guys on you 24-7 because members only over here. <laughs> Gives them a big grin and yeah. drives off. Isn't, and, he, isn't he wearing just like a Dodgers cap? I think so. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It just like, yeah, it's like the Dodgers cap, maybe like the faded brown leather jacket or something like that. Yeah, looking like Victor French in Highway to Heaven. <laughs> it's like curly beard and like uh, A's or Dodgers cap, right. just like in a convertible with some babe. <laughs> who is this dude and woods knows he's nailed right uh-huh. off the bat the, that oh. he knows his wife is about to get that's what's the brilliance zapped. of these stephen king anthologies is getting really great actors that are still kind of quirky leslie nielsen's a great actor but is known for you know immediately became infamous for his mm-hmm. straight man comedy ted danson at this point you know had yet to have the sam malone run but 
it's getting these actors that are this great acting level that aren't necessarily horror actors. So it's just bringing this great acting to horror. Mm-hmm. And that's Woods. You're getting this uh, Academy Award worthy actor doing a, that kind of performance, only the context is horror. So you get a great Woods reaction where he knows he is effed. <laughs> and it's like this actual high quality uh, dramatic scene because of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, the the mental images this movie was giving me of like, what if I was forced to quit something? Right. Like, what would it take to get me? Like, I'd like to think that I do have the willpower to be just like, oh, man, after seeing the cat get burned, I think that would have fixed me of most anything. But I don't know. It's hard to say. That's what, I know. That's, the, that's kind of interesting uh, questions the movie is actually, you know, really making me think about. <laughs> like, how oh, yeah. hard would it be? Like, how much peril would I put my loved ones in? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how selfish am I? It's you know, how, it's totally how under control am I of any of these vices? That's why I was thinking Matheson or someone like that when watching this, because it felt like a this could have been a Twilight Zone or Outer Limits. Maybe not yeah. Outer Limits, because that was very much sci-fi. This is very much like the sinister, unbelievable thing that a person yeah. would do to another person kind of story. Totally. Um, but I could have seen that being a, a Twilight Zone. Yeah. For sure. Well, I guess it, feel, it felt... Because uh, fi- it's got that morality. In a, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very similar. You could just see it easily with a more sci-fi bent. Mm-hmm. You know, you're already getting kind of a futuristic surveillance force. Right. So... The <laughs> paranoia is very it much wouldn't Philip ha- K. Dick. Yeah. yeah. So I was getting those vibes. Uh, this is one of the stories that I love even more each time. The dark stuff hits more heavy the scares hit heavy and just the writing and the high level acting just mm-hmm. keeps getting better. So this cat's eye has quickly become one of my three favorite anthologies, mainly for quitters Inc. Yeah. It's a strong first segment for an anthology. <laughs> yeah. It's a powerhouse to lead with that. We get the, yeah. Cause we do get what we think is coming. Yeah. We get the wife in the electrified well, we got room. the, uh, we got the hint cause yeah. we got woods, seeing another guy's wife that's true uh, he already knows well yeah and they he knows they do it but you know at that point that's they, the thing he knows what's coming you know but it's still a reasonable man could still think at that point that it was acting you know uh, the yeah, fake yeah, yeah. grief-filled husband the fake electrified wife he didn't witness it you know the, it could have all been smoke and mirrors at that point yeah, yeah, yeah. uh you know, could have been part of the act. Just like, you know, the stuff you mentioned, the game. Mm-hmm. What was the real stuff and what was the stuff that was all part of the act, you know? Who were the hired people? Well, it could have been hired people, plausibly. It wasn't a totally outright uh, dangerous scenario yet. Uh, but then we do get the... <laughs> but then he's <laughs> told he, to come to the yeah, office. He, he, he gets back uh, after getting caught out there on yeah. the and the on wife the one. Yeah, the wife is in there. And uh, yeah, we. it's one of those where... You, you wonder if it's going to actually happen, you know, and uh, uh-huh. it happens. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. And yeah, you, <laughs> we talked before, they're playing this like just inappropriate song during the electric, uh, during the electrocution. Yeah. Another great like kind of Stephen King thing is taking an old like 50s pop song or 60s yeah. song. He loves like that garage rock Making it. Stuff. Yeah. So what do we get? We get a 96 tears. 96 Question tier- mark and the Mysterians. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. Something. And, uh, yeah, he loves that. You know, he, he always brings up, uh, like, Doug Psalm and the Sir Douglas Quintet in the eleven twenty two sixty three. You know, he loves that kind of boogie rock and uh, oh, yeah. loves it. And so Absolutely. This is a just a weird usage of it. Got vibes of uh, Neil Diamond and Blood Simple. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just a weird song scoring <laughs> some heavy, heavy scenery. So, <laughs> and that's a vibe that really plays with me as a horror or a thriller fan it just feels off uh sometimes people can get a little too cute with it well sure and then i don't like it then i don't like it at all but it's like that it's one all uh, or nothing that one x-files episode with like the mutant family and you oh, and they would always yeah. play like some like old buddy holly song while they're murdering everyone yeah you're just like oh it's just so chilling and dark so yeah, you then get you, that here. Then you get just vaguely annoying versions of that, like that M Night Shyamalan movie where they're stuck in the elevator. Oh, and they just play like "Don't, don't Sit Under that. the Apple Tree," and it's Ugh. like 
elevators wouldn't even play that. <laughs> you can't just see that's when it's just like you can't just just play a dumb song like that just because you thought it'd be fun to have an. Yeah. You ruined it, Shyamalan. Right. Yeah. Uh, forget devil. that. Probably don't see Devil. I'm fine. <laughs> you were probably fine. Two part Devil episode coming soon. <laughs> we'll get there. Let's hope so. Eventually, we'll get there. But yeah, just an inappropriate vibe for the violence that was happening. <laughs> like, think, it felt very Tarantino. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely Tarantino. <laughs> it's just a uh, damn. This this cat's eye segment's way better than anybody gives it credit for. <laughs> like, there is, I think there was a lot of cool inspiration happening going on here, but phew, it just gets dark. And then what's great is that we get that dark kind of climactic yeah. wife getting shocked scene. Then the the segment knows not to stick around too much longer. Mm-hmm. It's like it knows like, all right, that's it. Woods does kind of quit. Then we get the great final reveal where yeah. the friend's wife is missing a finger and we you know, <laughs> which we think is yeah. uh part of the part of the quitters inc. Yeah. Methodology. Just first you cut off a, a useless finger and then pretty soon you go after your thumb. Yeah. And yeah, the uh, they're at a dinner party and Woods notices a wife just with no finger. Oh, see, that's that's a real like Hitchcock kind of wink mm-hmm. uh, end of episode thing. And this it tied it up. So uh, what a great anthology feature. Totally. Probably. I would say with the main competition being I always forget the name, but the one with Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson. Sure. Something to tide you over. Something to tide yeah. you over. Oh, you always have it. I know that you, one. You have that, that one stuck in my head. In for your some head. Reason. It's yeah. out of mine. That would be, I think, off the top of my head, the only competition for best anthology segment. Uh, if I had to pick one, I guess now the raft is melting its way. It's into getting my, in there, apparently. My yeah. brain. It's funny though. You mentioned that one, the the something that tied you over, because mm-hmm. I thought the ledge, which is the second part of this anthology, was essentially something to tide you over on a on a, <laughs> on a ledge on a ledge instead of on the beach. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not really sure if there's much to say about this one because it's like really the same setup as... Well, except this one has, one. I think, an important difference, the ledge versus something to tide you over. This guy had a chance. Oh, yeah. This guy had a chance to... to you know, Leslie Nielsen didn't leave Ted Danson like a shovel just out of reach. Mm-hmm. Where if you can... Muscle your body over to this thing. You can maybe save yourself. Like, no, this guy at least had a shot, but it wasn't easy. So, yeah, I think we get more tension in this one, a different kind of tension. Mm-hmm. Because the guy has a fighting chance out there on this ledge, if you can get, go all the way. It's such a weird concept, such an old noir gangster. Right. Uh, you can see this movie as like a 1932 kind of noir uh, pulp thriller. Because you could easily just craft a building set. Mm-hmm. That's what I loved about this one is you probably had a really cheap set for a lot of this thing. It's just this up close shot of a man like on a building. Yeah, yeah. And so it kind of played like those old uh, TV serials, you know. This <laughs> Where... one definitely had a Hitchcock for me too, like a yeah. single set rear window type, mm-hmm. you know, Hitchcock vibe, all and suspense. The the gangster or whatever powerful man who's uh forcing this man to walk the tennis pro to walk the ledge (laughs) is kenneth mcmillan who has a bunch of cool weird genre performances like dune oh yeah he's the baron uh and he's in uh like uh, the taking of the pelham one two three oh he's the guy he's like the guy negotiating you know the red face, like Irish. <laughs> cop. He's a great. He's a great character actor. So cool yeah. face uh, uh, to show up on film. One of those great ugly bad guys. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I love that uh, Hitchcock edge of just like, oh, we're filming against this like kind of just wooden building. Mm-hmm. And this guy's <laughs> McMillan's just throwing garbage at him. Yeah, he's he does co- popping out like Bugs Bunny. He doesn't make the ledge walk easy for this guy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you got to get around, but I'm also going to hit you with a hose. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah, just scare throwing, you. Throwing eggs at him. The, doesn't <laughs> he like, like he blows a, he blows a tr- uh, trombone in his face or yeah. something? Like, dude. <laughs> really, like, you know, it's it's just Bugs Buddy running around, skipping around, setting traps for yeah. the guy already. Because all the, it was this weird comedy 
element that kept jumping in every 90 seconds because then they do the shots of him looking down at his feet and you're seeing that six inch ledge with his balls of his feet over mm-hmm. the edge oh god that is such a such a tight fit and uh, he gets these yeah. little respites you know in little nooks so it's just becomes this big weird climbing contest we get all rutger hauer and blade runner Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know Harrison Ford climbing weirdly over this odd superstructure. You're getting that weird sci-fi element that he's climbing the Ghostbusters building. <laughs> <laughs> it just takes such a weird bent and feel of this story. You get the the I love the uh, bit with the pigeon. It keeps pecking his oh, ankle. God, like the like this, this life-threatening this thing, and this little pigeon comes up and is just bugging the hell out of you and that's the kind of thing that feels looney tunes as mm-hmm. well that's like uh you know coyote hanging by fingers and each finger gets popped off by a bird right exactly <laughs> until he's hanging on by a pinky and then that starts to slip very much that's this like that. pigeon just repeatedly just kneeling into the ball of his ankle <laughs> just with his beak, up. just like jesus come on drawing blood we at had one a point. deal and he's like, just kicked a damn pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> you know he does that, he's going to fall off to his death. Yeah. yeah. So he just has to deal with this pigeon. Stephen King's good about making that kind of terror out of minor annoyances. Mm-hmm. Things that are just relentless. Like he does that water drip torture horror kind mm-hmm. of good mm-hmm. when he wants to, in these, especially in some of these short stories. So yeah, you know, uh, this story... Also, eventually, feels more like creep show because we get kind of more almost comic book like action scene top off right finish. <laughs> you know? Well, that's why it, it, it's very much like the something to tide you over because then the tables turn mm-hmm. on the bad guy at the end. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's good, but it's a it's it's a cool it's such a different mood from Quitters Inc. Mm-hmm. Uh, where there was a different kind of heaviness, but then it it was good about jumping from. Rye comedy, little bit of action, you know, suspense, like it, and the progression of moods. It really felt like you were on a planned trip. Felt like the, uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean roller coaster, mm. where you go down those, when you're a kid, you go down those three scary, uh, <laughs> falls yeah. really early in the ride. And then the rest is more just like, ah, now you're just getting into all the rape jokes and, uh, <laughs> the general merriment of this pirate town. Right. Um, and so this movie, it starts you off with the, like, quitters ink and tortured, abused wives <laughs> because their husbands can't stop smoking cigarettes. <laughs> um, and then you go into this different kind of uh, part of the ride. Mm-hmm. Music's still a little eerie. And then our third story goes into outright 80s gremlin movie voice monster story. Oh, yeah. That this- little Donald Duck type tiny robot voice that they all had throughout the whole decade this last one this is where the cat comes into play because so far we've been also following a cat through this whole thing we get a bunch of good boxcar hobo cat trips exactly cat ride the rails riding in truck beds yeah yeah making his way across the heartland yeah he's in a truck jumps out of the truck and gets into a yeah this guy's a traveler this guy was looking for his forever home he's a tough dude and he wanted drew barrymore to be his forever mom. So he journeyed across the country. It's a real Milo and Otis kind it of It is. There, there's a thing. homeward boundness going yeah. on where he's like, oh, you're in danger. Yeah, oh, he gets uh, out of it. Unlike <laughs> the uh, the like creep show 2 heavy metal animation guy that's like, that was a scare. <laughs> like, who are you? Who are you doing? What are you? <laughs> like, yeah. The guy wasn't making wry like, crypt keeper puns. He was just like, I hope you didn't piss yourself. Like, what? <laughs> I thought it was weird before this, this dude. Before this last segment where the cat looks at the audience and goes, "If I think we've got time for one more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ooh, it's getting late. But, ah, who's this cat? But yeah, we finally get the cat. It's tracking down the, yeah, first we just get the, the POV shot of this thing against the ground. Very evil dead. Oh, rushing yeah, into the yeah. house and it's like that's what he, that, that's, <laughs> that's that little voice <laughs> yeah that's all of that and oh you know you know it's something bad it's not a good little thing going into this house and the uh yeah the cat finally though comes into play the family adopts him drew barrymore at her cutest you know what is she's probably 
eight years old in this yeah, movie. Yeah, like probably one year before hard alcoholism. Uh, before it all to went her. bad. <laughs> yeah. Before it all went bad. How Which, does how does a nine year old cop like how does <laughs> like how do you score <laughs> when you're nine? Her handlers, I mean. Uh, like I don't how know, do you? Right? Who's your hookup? <laughs> Even the kids, they they have to have you know the turtle in the entourage, the, the guy who's holding their stash, you know, like, comes with the territory. Like, who's the? <laughs> you know how hard it was sometimes to cop when you were like thirty. I've never heard anyone call it copping. <laughs> I don't know what you. It was hard to cop because I've never heard that phrase before. <laughs> I don't know slang. <laughs> That's why I was bad at it. I'll have to ask Drew Barrymore next time I, have I see her. Find out how nine-year-olds did it. <laughs> did you cop I got stuff? stuff like how to start at the because I need to learn. Oh my god! Because I guess I sound like a cop. How does a nine-year-old not sound suspicious though? Yeah, no, it's true. It's how true. does she talk herself into that? Oh, I don't think you could say no to a young little Drew Barrymore. She's so, yeah, she she's is so cute. so cute. She gets the parents to she let really her keep this cute. stray cat that just wanders into their house. Whoa. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. I mean, the cat has to prove itself through some trials and tribulations. <laughs> it's true. Until it gets kept. Um. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, this is a great, like, real left turn in this anthology series. Because we've had two yeah. pretty adult relationship focused kind of suspense stories. Yeah. And then we get the tiny troll that magically is trying to suck the breath out of a, a child. Like what such is with King crazy... and the breath sucking? Oh, he loves it. He oh, loves yeah. breath sucking. This movie has steam in it. Yeah. <laughs> the best kind of steam. Steam. That Huge child steam. steam. That yeah. child steam. Uh. You know that scared child steam. So you think that troll had the shining or, or had the had those... This is the shining, shining universe, powers. man. It's all the the king multiverse. I mean, that's what he does, though. He he does these like nuggets of ideas that then you know, get, like the, to me, Cat's Eye is the nugget that becomes Sleepwalkers. Oh, totally. With the cats fighting evil. Yeah. This segment especially is is Cat versus Tiny Troll, and we, yeah, we just get such the best like. Obviously, if it's if it's John Carl Buechler doing mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. you know it's going to be good. But it looked like they basically built a giant, you know, playroom set, and yeah. then had a guy in a costume. It was a as Honey I Shrunk like a, the Kids scenario. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You had like a man running around with like as a one foot tall troll. So you had those great like yeah. It, you keep doing that voice. It's Frank <laughs> Welker. Oh, it's like uh, Yoda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you know, or Gizmo. Very gizmo. So, Super gizmo, but... <laughs> it's all... And that was, boom, 83, 84, 85. That voice was everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, you talked about uh, Evil Dead, Sam Raimi vibes. I get that when dealing with the uh, the close camera tricks mm-hmm. of a cat battling a, a man in troll <laughs> or a puppet troll, you know, like... It's got that same kind of close trick photography that he it kind of looks cheap now in Army of Darkness. <laughs> but it looks kind of it looks pretty good here because they used like you said giant sets. They used the yeah, they used this great mixture of the sets and then yeah, the the camera tricks and I love the design of this little troll. Yeah. It's this classic kind of medieval jester hat, <laughs> yeah. red eyes. Guy looks fucking ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. but I love it. I don't know. It's like, yeah, why wouldn't a troll look exactly like it did in 15th century yeah. storybooks? Sure, why not? Like, yes, that's what a troll is. Duh. Yeah. I love the uh... you know the leprechaun looks like a leprechaun. <laughs> you know, the troll looks like a troll. It totally yeah. works. He just Beekler made a a good troll. He did it. He nailed and it. yeah, so it. you get the great adult suit. <laughs> Had to be an adult. Yeah. Or or a spry child. Yeah. Movements felt adult to me, though. And so you get the giant sets, which gives me another great kind of 50s sci-fi vibe, like the incredible shrinking man, mm. where this, you know, the guy's living in a dollhouse kind of thing. You know, real crusty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> living with his uh, Malibu Stacy. <laughs> and uh, it's such a weird, funny vibe. And, of course, the... Uh, she it's it's that like kind of she keeps getting blamed for some of this ruckus mm-hmm. and the cats always and the cats just at the end of catching the shitty end of it the, so the parents just hate this dude the cat is us as kids uh-huh. going no it wasn't me yeah it was the it was it's the, troll. the looney tunes guy with the singing dancing frog mm-hmm. where it's oh like, yeah yeah it's not it's like no i swear he was doing the tune 
just a minute ago. And she's like going crazy mm-hmm. trying to prove how what a cool guy this cat is. <laughs> she's trying to stick up for this cat so she can keep it. And the guy's a hero. What was his port- name? General? General. Did, was she yelling general? Yeah. Man. Kind of, he's like Deputy Clovis in Sleepwalkers has some competition with General as General, cool cat. Clovis doesn't get to fight a troll. That's true. We don't know how Clovis would have handled the supernatural troll. We see Clovis riding shotgun, though. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think General, well, she's, General's riding the rails. He's, Damn. General might as well have had a bindle. Mm-hmm. Whereas Clovis was more of like, you know, technically Clovis was a cop. He was. So. He was <laughs> to an extent that you already can't totally trust cats. <laughs> I already trust Clovis even even less. I mean, all cats are bastards. We know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all <the> cop cats. <laughs> Damn, Clovis being a cop really bums me out right oh, now. Oh no, I'm sorry. I didn't need Clovis I didn't need the real remembrance of Clovis the cop. He was one of the good ones. He was a good in one. In Sleepwalkers. But yeah, General in this one. General's a never real say champ. die. He's he's wow. He's into it. And yeah, you get those great. <laughs> I love the uh, like almost a Toy Story movie where the trolls like flying down on like what balloons or some uh-huh. kind of like, and the cat's like jumping up and grabbing him as the guy's like losing air. Like it's such a weird Indiana Jones troll cat. And they give the troll this the great like wavy little sword. Yeah, like he's got a tiny little toothpick sword. It's, it's so, so great funny. the different levels of perspective we get because he's, you know, this guy jumping and stabbing and the cat's taking wounds and it's kind of like a traumatic fantasy battle all happening right on Drew Barrymore. On a sleeping Drew Barrymore, uh, yeah. yeah. And when we get the final great troll death by a uh, air conditioner. Oh, yeah. Going into just a fan, a normal just desk fan. That was sick. <laughs> so <laughs> sick. But the, the scene gets this great ending where the cat does become the like maybe this cat is a a hero after all. Right. And then the dad picks up like the tiniest sword off the ground, giving it like what the f-? <laughs> like already looking at the fan and seeing just chunks. Yeah. Of some hideous rat creature that they have no, and then pick wait a minute what? Where's the sword from? But the sword is so tiny. The sword's like an inch and a half long. It's so good. It's like he's running around with a little thumbtack. Yeah. It's like, oh, and I bet he bathes in a thimble. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, how cute is he? He makes his own little, like, mouse holes in the walls yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> but, oh, it's such a good movie. This is right up there with Creepshow for me. Uh, I, I still put Creepshow a little higher, but, you know, if you wanted to look for flaws, the you know... Couple of the scenes in Creepshow feel a little long. Uh, this one feels a little bit more tidier on time. I think so too. Yeah, this one is a really good job of each segment doesn't feel too long. Mm-hmm. It's well, it's an hour and ninety five minutes. Yeah, and so Creepshow it's goes. It's a ninety five minute like movie. Two yeah. hours. Yeah, which is we we've said at the time was like surprising mm-hmm. for an anthology. Uh, and so I like the economical quickness of all these segments, and it just keeps creeping up my anthology list. That'll be the, that'll be a really challenging one when we do our top ten horror anthologies. Ooh, this this could be in there. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. I think I'm not sure if it's got the kind of just uh, iconic kind of creep show vibe to mm-hmm. it. You're not gonna see Shutter doing like a Cat's Eye series, <laughs> but which is a shame because how many extra but, viewers would a show with oh, cat based wraparounds? Mm-hmm. That would be huge. Yeah. If this Maybe idea happens, you heard about it first because Cat's Eye as a TV anthology. I gotta book some meetings. People would turn. I would tune in so quick to those just to see what the cat did at the beginning <laughs> and end exactly. of these episodes. I think we got a million dollar idea I, here. Yeah. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. We came to this. We came <laughs> up. We came up. We got to go to Hollywood real quick. <laughs> Uh, that's, but no, that's all the movies that that's those are the, that is how that's what's going on right now. Streaming though. TV gets made now. Some guy goes, "What if we did this thing, but it's now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bring back this old property and just do it now. That's it. That's our idea. So everybody's already had the idea. That's Ryan Murphy's only idea, Ugh. and it's 
pretty much everybody's only idea right now. That's where we're at. That's what's selling. That's where we're at. Yeah, for sure. Well, this will be a fun way to look back at us when we're sitting in our cat's eye reboot bucks. (laughs) (laughs) These are cat's eye mansions. Oh, it all started with a podcast. Now our reboot, not very good cat's eye. (laughs) We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. (laughs) It's not going to be good. Not good. Yeah. Not good. We're better at this than we are at our failed, but the show that made us wealthy cat's eye <laughs> this is a great anthology absolutely Quitter, quitters inc in lesser movies would have set an impossible to follow first and the opposite of old chief Woodenhead. exactly or exactly <laughs> that set a pace so dire so that the rest slow. of the movie just can't quite uh, kip up out of it to go from uh, old noggin head or whatever what a waste of George Kennedy. Right into the despair of the raft. It's like, yep. boy, this movie is really just uh, dragging me down and then kicking me in the nuts. And uh, this starts with Quitter's Inc. and then just manages to keep the right roller coaster tone mm-hmm. to give you a nice, pleasant journey off. Oh, just when you're wondering if it is as good as Creep Show, it comes at you with one of the most unexpected. And wonderful end credit songs my ears have ever heard. Just a, such another turn. We've just <laughs> been doing Troll versus Cat, and then we get this great. Eight, we're back in the eighties. It is like <laughs> it's like we get this awesome Morris Day in the time mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> kind of end credits theme. It's like with your cat's eye. Oh, it's yeah. It's like this beautiful like pop hit. Sounds like it would have been a huge hit in '85. It was not. Ah, uh, it was that is surprising. It was. It should have been. It was this total like disco fun pop hit, like not that far off from a Billy Ocean pop jam. Definitely, it's like a get out of my dreams, <laughs> get into my car <laughs> kind of jaunt. And it was done by Ray Stevens, not the white. Well, not like not Ray J Stevens or something. No, right? <laughs> not the guy that did like Guitar Zan or oh, the yeah. Streak. Oh, uh. <laughs> not. Oh, Not man. parody songwriter Ray okay. Stevens. Uh, the Ray Stevens, who by that point was the lead singer of The Village People. Oh, perfect. Yeah, he was on their mid-80s gay disco anti-AIDS album. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so he was doing that and cat's knocking eye. it out of the park with Cat's Eye. A real, like, uh, Lamal situation. Where you're working full time with Kajagugu, <laughs> but then you just crush it with the themed never ending story. Right, sure. You know, that was a total Ray Stevens playing on the final Village People album <laughs> before the gimmick was like, well, it's 1985. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a pretty good run considering, guys. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> also just getting, you're telling me I got the cat's eye gig? Oh, man. This should have been. The thing that really put them back on. This should have been their, <laughs> their queen performing <laughs> live aid moment. The village people the, getting cat's eye. If the village people as a group had taken it on. Yeah, yeah totally. just really like the thing that really brought them back. It would have put some like butts it really in the seats. stretched them out, Absolutely. you know, like. <laughs> Sha na na would have killed for cat's eye. Come bring them right back. Oh, this theme is so good. I think we're gonna. I'm gonna for. I'm gonna put you on the spot right now and demand that it end the episode. Well, listeners, the full Ray Stevens, stick around. You may hear a little uh, cat's eye at the end of this one. We talked earlier about just the the inappropriate <laughs> mood song mm-hmm. playing during the you know '96 tears. The movie ends on just one of those like, wait, what? <laughs> What's <laughs> happening? And so for the people of the room, you. You'd never heard it. You'd never oh, see this movie. I loved it. And suddenly you're getting Stevens. Oh, yeah. As soon as it was started up, I was like, oh, something's happening Well, it's here. got those great like then, 80s big produced drums mm-hmm. and percussion. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, great. it's a gem. And then when you get the cat's eye, like when you get the movie title in the chorus, you're like, oh, totally. Slam dunk. This, for me, this is going to, I swear this is not hyperbole. <laughs> this is as joyous of an end credits theme song celebration as the Maniac Cop rap. 
Oh, sure. This it's is in that right same there league. for me. Mm-hmm. The unexpected surprise of a movie that had zero hip hop mm-hmm. for its full runtime. No references to it in any way. Just ends with a full rap song about the maniac cop. And then we get a song that sounds like it came from a totally different movie until they're saying cat's eye a bunch. And you realize, <laughs> nope, this was commissioned exactly for this movie. Exactly, right. For some reason. This is specifically for this end credits. <laughs> it doesn't sound like anything else in the rest. It might as well have ended with just a Bollywood tune. You're like, sure. Right. <laughs> Everything could go in this movie. <laughs> and I love it. I love that I they did it. I love it more. This is such a great ending, and it's such a weird ending. Like Blood Simple, I'm leaving this weird, awful, tragic story. Just kind of listen to a boppy Neil Diamond mm-hmm. song of the Monkey's tune he wrote. What, what am I feeling now? <laughs> what are you doing to me, Cat's Eye? I'm walking around just kind of rubbing the back of my head and stretching a bit. Just like, what am I feeling? That's why it could be, could be a contender for that top spot. I feel you. I love Cat's Eye, baby. <laughs> it came to this. It did come to this. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. Thank you guys for listening. Good night.